Hello, Babylonians! Hey, guys! Welcome back to Bloody Babble's Podcast. We hope everybody's had a good old week. Is it a week? I mean, it's Tuesday. I feel like, because we're recording on a night we don't normally record on, and um, it's thrown me off. Same, and it feels like we record, for some reason it feels like last week was so long ago. I feel like so much has happened. Too many birthdays. (laughs) So many birthdays. My niece and my nephew both had birthdays last Tuesday and Thursday. Yes. Then I had a really long work weekend, and that just mentally drained me, and then just being super huge pregnant, and um, yeah. And then it's raining outside, so all I want to do is just like lay in a room and listen to the rain and go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Arlo likes to listen to rain at night, so we get rain all the time. It's his favorite thing, so I'm like, oh, well, maybe um, Apollo will like it, too. For sure. I'll have to post my my blanket on um, on our page. I got a I got a milestone blanket, guys. <laughs> and it's, it's the office because cute. I am not the office. Mm-hmm. But it has his name on it, so I'm like, well, can't change it now. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. that I was going to unless he that penis magically turns into a vagina, which would be very, very um, magical. Um, that would be amazing. <clears throat> yeah, it would be crazy. Or if there's a second one hiding, which I'm still terrified of. I'm like, what if it's just like... It was weird. her finger. Hey. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um, Not a whole lot to cover here in the beginning. Um, Hey, but we do want to give a shout out to Dawn. Yes, our beautiful friend. Our beautiful Dawn, who um, is is getting and doing better. Treatments are working. um, But she got contacted by her surgeon um, to um, go over surgery options. So that happens June 1st where um, surgery options are discussed and and will then proceed to go underway. So keep sending our healthy vibes so that surgery can happen. And um, that the, uh, that this cancer just fucking goes away and and she can get better and do better. And She's got she's got babies and grandbabies and she's just an amazing human and we love her she's so, 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 so much. She's so young too. Like yeah, she's oh, she's, she's the bee's knees. We love this so. woman and she's a huge fan and and we just adore her and I just So hi Don, we love you. Hi Don, <laughs> we love you so much. Yes, we do. Um <clears throat> yeah. Still um my mom's friend in Wyoming, he's listened, but it still hasn't registered, so I'm really <laughs> So, hey, send, send your Wyoming friends and you know what? our I'm link really, and I've have them listen, please. Wyoming everywhere. I went to karaoke on Friday night, and there was someone with a tag there. I met two people at my job, because we have people come from states all over, um, and they were from Wyoming. And I'm like, I don't usually talk about my podcast at work, because I feel like it's not appropriate, but I like I think it's so funny that you guys are from Wyoming. Because, it was meant to be. Cause oh. no, and come to find out... She didn't tell me um, her friend, but she's like, my friend does a true crime podcast, too. And I'm like, tell him to listen to me. (laughs) So, oh, my gosh. Sorry. We got Arlo and my daughter upstairs. Yeah. Um, They're going to be loud. Yeah. I'm like, well, um, okay. Hold on. I'm fine. It's storming outside, so it almost sounded like thunder, but I'm like, nah, that was definitely Arlo. Um, But, yes. And then uh, no new countries at this time. No nude countries? Damn it. We need to make you countries. Where are them nudist colonies at? No. (laughs) Don't mind them titties. I don't care if you listen to true crime while you're naked as long as you're listening. (laughs) You know what's so funny? I was so stressed out today and then I was looking at notes and just being sad and emotional because of who I am as a person and especially pregnant. It's like 54 billion times enhanced. (laughs) And then I started reading up on the case that we're going to cover today. And I don't know why I felt better afterwards, but I did. <laughs> She's sick and sadistic, people. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, before we get started, um, so my coworker, he, he's talked about our, our podcast and stuff a bunch, and he's awesome, and he's hilarious. I call him my work son, even though he's only 23, but he found this picture. Um, uh, I think he was scrolling through TikTok, and he paused it on this this picture of this kid in an orange jumpsuit and it this girl posted it and she goes lol this is my cousin he murdered three people but i think he's kind of hot though haha and i'm like why does she think her cousin's hot like ew and he's like 
well, irrelevant of the fact that he killed three people, but that's what you're going to focus on. And, and then he's like, tell me you have a true crime podcast without telling you have a true crime podcast. And I'm like, Ugh. I went there too, though. That's exactly where my brain went. I'm like, first cousin? These are your cousins? Hot? No, he killed three people, Nicole. Not relevant. Yeah. Well, oh, my gosh. Hey. Okay, let's not. You guys probably heard that crash. Yeah, our microphones pick up a lot. and that Yeah, was a... when I cut out, there's actually a piece of sound I ended up cutting out last week because you could hear, oh, yeah, we talked about it because my mom was, like, yelling because we had family bingo last week. <laughs> and, um, yeah, you could definitely hear it when I was editing it out. I'm like, huh, Zoe is here as well. My... You'll hear her breathe. Yeah, you'll hear and her. Lick. She gets all freaking huffy because she's Zoe, but... Um, so I guess we'll, uh, jump on into it. <clears throat> so this is, um, I don't know if it's going to end up being a couple parts. We'll just kind of see how we feel that there's 27 pages of notes here. So Hell, I love super detailed things. It's a so super big case. Um, so I'm totally down if this ends up becoming a two, three, four two, part or two whatever. To, two to three, <laughs> at least minimum of two parts. Um, this case was actually suggested to us by our friend Mandy on Instagram, not Mandy the artist. Yeah. We've got two Mandys in our lives. This is Mandy with an I-E, yeah. not an E-E. This is not the Wildling Wonders. Yes, so. but we still love her. Hi. Yes, love you, Mandy. Um, yes, we do. And we love Both. you other Mandys. Yes. All the Mandys in our lives. Is there the more Mandys? Mandys. Do we... And the man dies. And the man dies. Man dies. Well, that's... No man die in this story, but... Well, okay. I'm, I'm going to get ahead of myself, but... There's more Mandy's out there. We love you guys so much. Facts. All the Mandy's. Um, so this is the case of Fred West. Um, is is take this this is takes place mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in England. <clears throat> Sorry, my voice is all wonky. I just had chocolate milk because it sounded amazing. So my throat's all thick with milky gooiness. Yes. Ah, you're welcome. So, Frederick Walter Stephen West. That even that doesn't even sound like someone who would be as horrible as Frederick Walter Stephen West. And this takes place in England. I think I said that twice now. You're welcome. He was born September 29th, 1941. That's my friend Maggie's birthday and two of my cousins, Jenna and Will. Um, at Bickerton C- Cottage in Muchmarkle, Herefordshire. Wow, that's a mouthful. Mm-hmm. He was the first survi- surviving child born to Walter and Daisy... Um, his mom almost had the same birthday as me. Uh, her birthday was May 20th. My birthday is May 22nd. That's in three weeks, guys. Hey, oh. Fact. Woo-hoo. Fred was from a four, fa- four family. Wow. Poor family of farm workers. Um, his father was the disciplinarian and his mom was super overprotective, but not like anything like abusive wise from what I understood as I was reading up on this dude. So, um, <clears throat> that's not true. He's not abusive to Fred. We'll put it that way. Um, She's not or he's not? The dad's not. Okay, I thought we were talking about the mom. The mom's just over... The mom's overprotective, so... So, in 1946, he's five. They end up moving to Moorcourt Cottage at Moorcourt Farm. Um, His dad worked as a milking herdsman and a harvest hand. The cottage didn't have electricity and was heated by a log fireplace, because this is the 1940s. By 1951... Oh, my goodness. Sorry, that was a gross sound. Um, His mom ends up giving birth to eight children, and six of them survive. But Fred was his mom's fave. He was like a typical mama's boy. Um, The only friends that he had were his siblings. So they were very, to themselves, very isolated. Um, Didn't go to school for very long, I don't believe. The, The West kids were all um, expected to perform chores. The girls... And they did seasonal work. The girls would pick hops, which were like, it's like a bittering in beer. Mm-hmm. Something yeah, pick. hops is part of bar- bar- Bailey. Yeah. Bailey and hops. Yes. And then strawberries. And then the, the boys would harvest wheat and would hunt rabbits. Barley and hops. Sorry. Yeah. I needed to correct myself. Sorry. I also <laughs> needed to find my tweezers. So. And she used to. Yep. Okay. Um, so as they were working, this instilled a strong work ethic in Fred, who then developed a lifelong habit of petty theft, like, just to help his family make ends meet. He was just okay. to steal, like, little things here and there, but nothing, like, scary-wise, considering that the like person... organs? Yet. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll find out. Um, <clears throat> they said, um, classmates would say Fred was scruffy, dim, lethargic, and he got in trouble a lot. Throughout life, he remained pretty, lit- or scarcely literate, um, 
but he had a really strong, um, oh, I get, it says aptitude here, but I don't like that word. That's too smart of a word for me. <laughs> for wood, woodwork and artwork. So he ends up leaving school in December of 1956 when he's 15 and starts working as a laborer at the farm. Um, he was introduced to sex by his mom when he was 12. What? Yep. And, oh, uh, this is a little bit of a trigger warning. Um, he liked to engage in acts of bestiality with animals in his early teens. Because they did live on a farm. So, so learn from his mom, like... Mom sat down with birds and bees talk, or what? Do we know? Um, just as she introduced him to it. I don't think it was... From what he sees from his dad, uh-huh. I think his mom... I think it's more of the birds and the bees from mom, but okay. what he, what his dad does to his sisters, uh, okay. you'll see. Yep. All right. Which is what we're going to talk about next. Um, and that his belief in incest being normal stemmed from his father's incest with his sisters. Uh. So... Um, but Fred's younger brother, Doug, dismissed that these these claims were a fantasy made up in uh, Fred's head later on. Like, that his dad didn't sexually really? abuse... What do the sisters have to say? Not that. Okay. Well. Arlo, quiet, please. I need to tell you something. Okay, what do you need to come tell me? Okay, sorry. I had my make sure my child was getting fed this evening. My wonderful niece is the best babysitter. Anyways, um, yeah, so uh, brother dismissed these claims that it was all made up in Fred's head. (laughs) Fred head. (laughs) Sorry. Um, So moving into adolescence, by 1957, Fred and his brother John. So, so far we've got Doug, Fred, and John. Um, They'll say the sisters' names at some point, I believe. Yeah. Because there's some really awful things that um, his 13-year-old sister claims against him. Um, they would also they'd like to go to clubs nearby, like for kids around their age, just mm-hmm. little get-togethers, hangouts. And because of his Herefordshire accent, um, a lot of people would call him a country bumpkin. So I'm wondering if it had like a little bit of like a twang to it. Maybe? Okay, I'm like, or whatever it is in England. In I don't, England, I don't know what. It, I don't know. Because do you hear? I don't think like when you watch. Um, Sorry that for any of our English listeners. Yes. Uh, uh, like the accent in Mary Poppins. Oh, my yeah. understanding is like that's more of the poorer yeah. one, the, the 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 chimney sweep kind of right. accent. So I maybe that's country, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. If you Let have us a know. accent, please uh, send us, us a voice clip because I don't even care what it sounds like. I love accents. Yeah, facts. <laughs> um, so he would aggressively pester women and girls, and he objectified them because that's what he grew up to know. That was what was normal to him. Yeah. He would, like, approach them and, like, try to fondle them. Ugh. And, like, some girls would be like, okay, cool, right, right on. So um, when they'd accept his advances... Um, some girls said that he would, his, uh, sexual performance wasn't great and that his primary objective was just his own gratification of getting off Mm -hmm. versus actually being pleasing woman or being pleased by whatever. So shortly after his 17th birthday, he ends up getting an, um, or he buys a motorcycle and two months later he suffers a, well, he gets into a really gnarly accident. Um, he fractures his skull, a broken arm, and he breaks his leg. So he ends up in a coma, or unconscious for seven days, I should say, and, and then had to walk for with braces for several months after that. And so um, after this incident, he ends up developing a super bad fear of hospitals and then all of a sudden became to prone to fits of rage. Oh. So two years after that, he ends up suffering from a head injury when a girl, he ends up groping on a fire escape. Why they were on the fire escape, I don't know. But it was She's trying to get the clubs. fuck away from him? Sorry. Um, she punches him, and he ends up falling two floors. So I know it's said in different cases about serial killers that when they have head injuries when they're young, that's something that just, Like CTE, yeah. too. Yep. Because a lot of people with CTE, from right. the little bit of research I've done, yep. um, they, that, that rage thing is is super for real yeah not only do they kind of have i don't want to say that they're dumb ramble time babble time hey it's called bloody babbles so (laughs) we'll get back to it i promise yes um with cte so they might have a little bit of a slower when they're talking they might be a little bit slower or Mm -hmm. sometimes even a little bit of a stutter but there is a rage part where yeah yeah and almost a blackout rage uh, I, uh, with a I've lot. had football players in general is what I'm speaking of and, and like boxers and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I 
I've had someone who experienced that mm. and mm. it ended up not being a good time. And mm. it was really it's, awful. And how awful when you don't remember. I, I, I don't know if all these people don't remember. Uh, but it can cause them to black out and then mm-hmm. they block it out mm-hmm. completely. Like yeah. it just like, boom, erased from memory after they, cr- yeah, do crazy, awful things. Um, so he ends up getting that head injury. So that was when he was 19. So this is now June of 1961. So he'd be almost 20. Um, his 13-year-old sister, Kitty, told her mom that Fred had been raping her since oh the previous December and had impregnated her. Oh, my gosh. Arrested that same month, uh, Fred freely admitted to the police he had been molesting girls since his early teens, and he Ugh. said, doesn't everybody do it? Ugh. And before people are like, oh, my God, that's so disgusting. You have to remember yes. that his dad was doing this to yes. his sisters. I know, but and still. It's just awful. Just awful. I couldn't... <sighs> ugh. So he ends up going to court on November 9th, and um, though she was pretty disgusted by her son's actions, Daisy was there to, to testify in his defense, but because Kitty refused to testify after making these accusations, the, the case fell through. Oh, Kitty. So, yeah. That's why I'm a dog person. Ah, Kitty sorry. was a pussy. <gasps> sorry. I'm oh, sorry. Ah! I, I went a little too far. I no. apologize. However, it was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> there Bring all those one-star ratings. A rating is a rating, no matter how small. Um, so much of the family ends up disowning him. His mom ends up banishing him from the household. Ha- household, yep. household, and then he ends up moving in with his aunt Violet. Um, about a year later, he re- reconciles with his parents, but the rest of the family is like. So mm. is her mom's Daisy and his aunt's Violet. Yeah, that's good. Sorry. Yep. All right. <laughs> Daisy and Violet. That's so crazy because our neighbor across the street from where I live right now. Her name is Violet, and her sisters were Daisy and Rose. <laughs> that's, that's really pretty. I, I know, like I it. love flowers. <laughs> and then there's my cousin, Begonia. Mm-hmm. Little beautiful Begonia. Okay, I'm done babbling. So, <clears throat> now we're going to bring in a lady. Her name is Catherine Costello, and she goes... It's, it's spelled R-E-N-A, and I didn't know if it was Rena or Renee. Because it yeah. could kind of be... Yeah. <coughs> With a name like Catherine, <coughs> so sorry, I just stopped breathing right. I did that twice today. Um, so Fred actually knew her earlier on in life, and they end up reacquainting themselves in September of 62, and he's 21. They, oh, so he first met her at um, a, uh, oh my God, at a dance hall in 1960, and um, dated her for several months, but then she ends up going back to Scotland. Um, she actually was pregnant at that point when she, when they rekindled this relationship that they're so to so to speak starting. Um, oh, so he got two people pregnant. One's gonna have flippers. One's not. Sorry. <laughs> oh, because his sister was impregnated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but this lady, this baby isn't his. Oh, okay. Um, she's pregnant by. Um, she got pregnant by an Asian bus driver at the time of her marriage to Fred because they end up getting married and um, relocates to Glasgow. From Glasgow to England due to members of her family expressing their displeasure at her being pregnant with a mixed-race child. Oh, Lord. Yeah. I, I, this, this is a really fit. Not, again, not excusable, but it is the time, so... That time frame where that yeah. was frowned upon. Um, so her and Fred get married on November 17th, and the only guest at their wedding was Fred's younger brother, John. Um, apparently nobody really was excited about this, but um, they end up moving to... Or they live in Fred's aunt's home. And then they end up moving to Coatbridge, where Fred works as an ice cream driver. And then her daughter was born, uh, I'm going to say Renee, because uh, Rena just doesn't, maybe it is Rena. I don't know. Let's just go with Renee. That's fine. But I want to know, do we know more about the sister and this baby? Does she have it? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, like, freaking out. Because Uncle Daddy, literally. Uncle Dad, yeah. Um, um, well, she claims that he impregnated her, but I don't know if she was actually ever pregnant. Okay, so it, it okay. Because I think she just... She probably just wanted the fucking rape to end. Yeah, I think that's maybe more of what it was, because... Okay. More I'm diving into this, and if there's more that you guys know about this, please let me know. I know there's tons of podcasts that have been done on this. I didn't listen to any of them, which is the first for me. Usually I like to listen to mm-hmm. a couple and see what kind of info they get, but... Right, right, right. Okay, sorry. I'm very last minute. I don't so. know if I was the only one feeling that, but if you were where I was, now we know. I'm kind of like wanting to know too. It's like, <laughs> did they have a baby or not? Is he an uncle daddy or is he? What's happening? 
<laughs> just just you, Shauna. You're the anti-dad. So yeah, that facts. It's the only one we need. <laughs> Anyways, um, so they have the... Um, R- Renee has the daughter. Her name is Charmaine. She's born in March of 1963. And to explain why she's half Asian, they say that she ended up suffering a miscarriage and that they ended up adopting Charmaine shortly after because the babies would have been the same age. That was their story. That's so she's why. not even going to claim to be the biological mom? Nope. Okay. So, then they end up moving to Savoy Street in the Bridgeton District of Glasgow, Scotland. So, we have Scottish listeners, too. Hello, hello, hello. Hey. So, um, so now they end up having a child together in July of 1964, and her name is Anna Marie. Um, Sorry. You think of Anne Marie. I've always said all dogs go to heaven. I'm sorry. I can't. Uh, okay. Yeah. Go listen to that episode and ruin your life. Um, <laughs> the child was born at their... Um, at home the family nanny her name is i'm gonna guess isa 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 mcneil and neighbors of the west recalled that um renee was a super considerate mom but she was struggling to bring up two children girl i'm about to be there and i feel you (laughs) he's not even out of my belly yet but anyways um fred was really harsh with his kids go he kept the girls in the bottom bunk bed with bars fitted to space between the bunks which effectively just made it a cage, and they were only allowed out of this cage while he was at work. So, um, oh my gosh! So uh, <sighs> through their nanny, uh, Isa, they become acquainted with this girl. Her name is uh, Anne McFall. She's 16 years old, and she was pretty upset at this point. In lo- at, at this point, when they meet her, because her boyfriend had just recently passed away at a workplace accident. And so she ended up spending a whole heck of a lot of time at their flat. This oh, house great. that they lived in. Yeah. I don't want to know what now. Uh, I don't know if I'm ready for the story, guys. I don't know. And we've got like 24 more pages. So yeah. Yeah, there's a lot in here. Okay, hold my hand. Um, hold my <laughs> metaphoric hand, <laughs> listeners. Please. <laughs> Grab napkins if you, or tissues if you need them. Um, so... Uh, Fred ended up later on admitting that he has a bunch of different affairs throughout oh. the early years of his marriage either, and also ends up fathering another child with a woman from the Gorbals, which is a just like an area in um, Glasgow. Okay. I thought the Gorbals just sounds fun. I'm sure it sounds really cool with an accent, and I'm not going to try to do that because okay. I want to keep our English listeners for as long as I can. <laughs> um, so then Renee, when she, gets, when she gets wind of this... Of her husband, like, you know, being a nasty cheater hoe man. She goes, well, guess what? I'm going to make it even. And go finds, goes and finds a man's and um, ends up hooking up with a dude named John McLaughlin. Um, at one point, uh, Fred, like, comes home and sees them in an embrace. So he ends up punching Renee, his wife, and she screams. And then in response, um, John socks Fred, who had a knife and like barely like cut his stomach a little bit so it becomes like a whole fiasco oh boy so when he punched um when punched by john again fred ends up like he just stops defending himself and it's it was said years later that um john (laughs) talked about this particular incident he's like he said quote he couldn't tackle a man but he wasn't so slow in attacking women which is disgusting so john and renee they keep this affair going and um, the more they're doing their infidelity, the more that Renee shows up and she's got bruises and marks mm-hmm. and is aggressively beaten by um, Fred. Fred. So on, one, on each occasion it became apparent Fred had beaten his wife, John would <laughs> extensively beat the shit out of Fred. It was a weird beating cycle. I would not let my... Okay... Finally, I'd be like, Renee, you're not going home. Yeah, you're not going. Bring your girls. Yeah, because obviously he's going to take care of her and her children. Yeah, that would be my next thought. Yeah. If he's beating up you, what is he going to end up doing to your girls? Yeah, what if you don't come home one night and it's them? Especially because Charmaine is not his biological daughter. What if he goes after her first? Like, you don't. You just don't know. Um, Another time. um, um, Oh, yeah. No, that's funny you say that. Okay. McLaughlin. There was another time that John uh, witnesses Charmaine, who was just a little bit older than a toddler. She asked for an ice cream from Fred from his van, and he ends up striking her across the head, which <sighs> then John beats the shit out of him again. You know what, John? I kind of love you. Well, yeah, he's kind of a fave. Mm-hmm. Too bad he doesn't 
step in more because I already know bad things are going to happen. So, All right, well. November 4th, 1965, Fred accidentally ran over and killed um, a small boy in Glasgow. Really? With his... Was it an accident? Sorry. Mm, I don't... Well, I mean... At this I'm just... Point, I'm sorry. I'm is... jumping to conclusions. I already hate this man. So <laughs> yeah, he's pretty awful. Just wait. There's more. <laughs> Fred was... Um, he... Yeah, so he hits the small boy, mm. and he ends up getting cleared of any wrongdoing by the police, but feared the hostile reaction and potential... Um, reprisals from the accident from the locals mm-hmm. who he you know relied on to make a living mm-hmm. so he ends up moving back to Gloucester I think it, or Gloucester Gloucester shit I'm so sorry England um mm-hmm. with Charmaine and Anna Marie so he takes the girls and rents a caravan at the Timberland Caravan Park in Bishop's Cleeve that's another place in England okay mm-hmm. mm-hmm. or Scotland oh god I don't know I'm so sorry Raina, or Raina, now she's Raina. Raina, Raina, Renee, it's fine. So is that her middle name or her first name? She, her name's Catherine. Okay. Catherine, where did she go? Catherine Bernadette Costello. And it just says in quotes, Rena or Renee. So it's just her nickname from okay. being named Catherine. Um, she ends so up joining, it's like Ren. Yeah, Ren. Because Ka- Catherine. But it has an a, maybe it's Catherine and Catherine. I don't know. It's R E N A. I don't know. Rena. I don't fucking. Uh, sorry. Sorry, this, guys. I know this is really stressing me out. They're gonna be like, it's Rena. I'm gonna like, be like, it's fucking Catherine. Uh, Get it right. Oh, <laughs> just call her Catherine if you don't know. <laughs> but it says Rena in most of these notes. All right. So um, she ends up joining them in February of 1966, and she's also brought with her the nanny Isa, and then her friend Anne, the 16 year old. Which I don't think she's 16 anymore. But um, so they're all living in Fred's caravan. You know. Living the dream. Gross. So the girls, uh, Isa and Anne, had both come from really like uh, poor backgrounds, mm-hmm. and they both to ho- hope to find work in England. So after they move, Fred um, finds a job driving for a lorry, um, or driving a lorry for a local abattoir. Abattoir? I don't know what that means. Okay. Uh huh. He works drives a lorry. Um, so then early 1966, he, of course, you know, exhibits dominance and control over all three of the women in his house. Gross. Um, he was, you know, prone to those violent mood swings. Um, Raina and, or, God, I keep, yeah, it's fine. Renee and... Just go I, with Raina, because that's what you keep going to. You know yes. what? Between Raina and Renee and... She's all the same beautiful lady named Catherine. And Rita. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um... Raina and Isa What a are cat. Kitties up. I don't know where the kitty cat is. No, but you need to go upstairs. Yeah, go, go upstairs. eat your cereal, babe. Go upstairs with Bree. Okay, love you. Bye. No, I'm talking about kitty cat. Okay, the kitty cat is a, is not here because it's raining. You yeah. went home. Oh, okay. what time will night time when the black one come here? Yes. Oh, night time the black one come here. I know. We had a black you cat come to my spooky. house the other night. Yeah, uh, and then my son won't stop talking about it. Okay, love you. I know you told me, buddy. Okay. Um. <laughs> Leave that in there. Oh yeah. That's my kid. That's your uh, palate cleanser. Um, Renee and Isa took the brunt of his fury. Fred also physically attacked his stepdaughter more than once. He also um, started sexually abusing Charmaine. Uh, and I was waiting to have encouraged Rena uh, to turn to prostitution to supplement his um, income. Gross. So, he wants so, to Char- so n- not that it's better, but it kind uh, Charmaine's not the blood daughter, though, right? No, she's not. So as, at, at this point in the story, don't jump ahead, he's not raping his... Blood, Blood daughter. daughter, not Anna Marie. Okay. No. Um, right. So his domestic abuse and sadistic sexual demands, Ugh. Raina ends up calling, you know, John to come rescue her. Her, um, Isa, and her children together, um, John, Raina, and Isa devise a plan, and he and Anne's boyfriend, John Trotter, um, plan to secretly drive to Bishop's Cleve in McLaughlin's Mini and discreetly take Raina, her children, and Isa back to Scotland. Anne had been, by this stage, become super infatuated. She was a 16-year-old. Um, and Fred actually ended up promising to marry her. Wait, Anne? 
there's Anna Marie, which is his daughter, and then there's Anne McFall, who okay. is friends with the nanny. So they're like, there's like two nannies basically in okay. the house. Yes. All right, sorry. There's a lot of there's a lot of humans in the story. I just was making sure it wasn't the daughter. I'm nope. sorry. Okay. No. Okay. Um. So yeah, promised to marry her, and it was likely she told Fred of the plan as he arrived at the meeting time. And Anne was oddly calm as she informed um, Isa she intended to remain with Fred to work as the children's nanny. So an altercation between Fred and um, John happened. Yeah. Fred struck surprise, surprise. Oh. Um, several times as he clutched onto Charmaine and Anna Marie. Police were called, and John, the boyfriend, uh, Trotter, Isa, and Raina left, and Fred threatening to kill Raina should he ever see her again. Mm. So to ensure her daughter's well-being... So he ends up keeping the girls. Gross. He has Charmaine and Anna. And, well, and Charmaine wanted to go, though, right? I w- I, we haven't heard anything about Anna, but Charmaine wanted to go, right? Or, or She do would we probably have wanted to stay with her mom, but Fred right. keeps her. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Okay. So Raina ends up traveling um, to visit them frequently, and they all lived in this freaking caravan See, thing. had she claimed her as her fucking biological daughter, that wouldn't have been an issue, at least for one of them. Right. Just sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I know. Especially, well, legally, they could have went about that, too, and been like, oh, uh, no, I birthed her. That is my blood child. Yep. Um, but no, that did not happen. Um, so, despite maintaining her friendship with Anne, I just keep saying their last name, so I'm trying to remember their first names, um, Raina soon began to resent her matriarchal presence over the daughters. Um, on October 11th, in an act of resentment, Raina stole some belongings from Fred's caravan and returned to Glasgow. She was arrested the following month and returned to Gloucester to face trial for stealing these items from his van. So on November 29th, she was sentenced to three years probation. Fred testified at the hearing, admitting he and Anne were living together, but falsely claiming that Anne intended to return to Scotland um, eventually. So um, after the trial, um, Anne moves into the caravan with him, That even though she'd basically been staying there anyways. Um, Renee, or, oh my god, here we go. Rena! Mm-hmm. Renee, Rena. <laughs> Why can't they just use Catherine? <laughs> Catherine alternated between living with Fred and then returning to Glasgow where, um, John was. So, letters between Anne, um, that she sent to her family, um, between 1966 and 67, believes she did have a relationship with Fred and that Fred could offer her a better life than she experienced in Scotland and that she tried to persuade Fred to divorce his wife in order to marry her. So... So now we are. This shit's about to get crazy. Yeah, it's already fucking this, wild. There's so many names that I keep getting confused about. Okay, so, so now we're going to talk about what's going to happen to Anne, his lover. Okay. So July 1967. How can we be lovers if we can't be friends? Sorry. She's 18 and eight months pregnant with Fred's child. Uh, she goes missing. Oh, boy. She was never reported missing, but her dismembered remains were found buried at the end of a cornfield between Muchmarkle and Kempley in June 1994. Seems like a long time. I don't think that year is right. Because she goes missing in 1967, and she wasn't discovered until almost 30 years later. Well, it happens. That's true. Um, Her limbs had been carefully um, disarticulated, as this says. And um, her phalange bones were missing from her body, so her fingers. Her fingers. Hey, so likely to have been retained as keepsakes. Her Ooh. unborn child must have um, was cut from her womb, more than likely because they didn't find like small bones inside of her body. Yeah, I know that makes me really freak out because I've had that dream a couple times. <sighs> um, Fred denied that he had killed her, but confided to one visitor following his arrest that he had stabbed her to death following an argument. So this explanation is inconsistent with the fact that her wrists were found with sections of dressing gown cord wrapped around them, suggesting she was um, restrained prior to her murder. So the following month, um, Raina, whatever, returned to live with Fred. I feel so bad. Mm -hmm. And the couple ends up relocating to the lake house in Caravan Park. Their relationship did improve, but she ends up leaving the following year, again leaving the children behind. On occasion, Fred um, had no woman to supervise and care for the girls, and he temporarily placed them in um, social services. Um, in social services care, yes. We. So then, now we're going to bring a new person in. <laughs> Her okay. name is Rosemary. Okay. Yeah, she plays a pretty big, huge factor in this story, too. Um, 
So he first meets her in early 1969. So Anne died in 1967. So this is after she'd been missing. Um, shortly after her 15th birthday. Ew. So 1969, and he was born. So he would have been 28, give or take, 27, 28, my age. Ew, gross. So the per they met at a bus station. Could be like you. No, because your eyes too young. But I was gonna be like, like being like, "Hey, Jariah." Like yeah. my nephew is thirteen, and I'm twenty-seven. Yeah. This Ugh. I don't understand. Fucking pedophile. Ugh. Yeah. Sorry, I don't understand any of this. So I don't know why I'm. Okay, it's you know I just <laughs> funny keep going. that you're repulsed because so was Rose when she first met <laughs> met Fred. Um, she was didn't like his unkempt appearance. Appearance. Yes. Appearance. Can see. That's a Instead, fancy. he was a tramp. But then she became quickly flattered by the attention he continued to lavish on her over a date that they ended up having a few days after they met. Because um, he ends up meeting her again at the same bus stop. Mm -hmm. But she, twice she refused to go on a date with him, but... Oh, no. Oh, because they didn't go on a date. She allows him to accompany, accompany her home. So he um, quickly discovered that Rose had never been, had a boyfriend, but she was overtly promiscuous. I love that word. Um... I don't like it in this context. Sorry, I'm, I'm giving okay, you the fair. dirtiest look ever, but it's not directed. All I at think you. of this is that song, <laughs> "Promiscuous Girl." I'm gonna stop there because I don't want to get sued. You Love won't. you, Miller Furtado. Sponsor us. Um, I put I put my fingers up as if she could. Okay, it's fine. It's a podcast. It's fine. So Fred, um, you know, quickly, yeah, discovered she never had a boyfriend. He um had a degree of sympathy for her, claiming he and his two, or he got sympathy from her said, oh, I have two daughters. They've been abandoned by their mom. Mm. He wished for more children, even though Anne ends up pregnant. He had the illegitimate child. Mm -hmm. So he's got two other kids, mm -hmm. plus these two that he has all the time. But you keep abandoning... Okay, whatever. That's because, you know, you tell the story. You tell the story that a girl wants to hear. Yeah. Girl, because she's 15. 15. Literally a child. And, Literally um, an infant. <laughs> yeah. Literally Ugh. a fucking fetus. Yeah, she is a Not fetal. quite not Baby. quite literally, but still. <laughs> you picking up what we're putting down. So he ends up finding out she works in a bread shop, and it's kind of... Her name is Rose, and my step-grandmother passed away this last week, and her name was Rose. But anyways, not going to be sad today. Okay. Okay. Um, so a few days after their first encounter, he persuades an unknown woman to enter into this bread shop that Rose works at and present her with a gift accompanied by the explanation that a man outside had asked her to give this gift to her. Because that's not creepy. No, but when you're 15, or even thinking about it, when you were younger in your teens, that's romantic. Like, yeah, I gotta give them, but I was I gotta also give taught well. Props. Oh, I wasn't. I was apparently. taught well that if older men are coming after you, they're disgusting. Really? I wasn't. No, no. <laughs> I wanted it. Like, I don't mean to, like, okay. But, like, that I, was, I was attracted to older men because guys my age, I thought, blah. And then look, now, now you're I'm married to my brother. Man. I learned. I eventually learned. But, like. Because you guys are, what, like two and a half years apart? Three. Well, two and a half, yeah. Yeah, because his birthday is before yours. Okay. Anyways, irrelevant. Um, yep. So, minutes later, Fred goes inside and asks Rose to accompany him on a date that evening. And she finally accepts. Um, shortly after, you know, they begin a relationship. So you gotta remember, 15 and 27, yeah, because it's not probably at the end of the year by his birthday, because I think it's, or September. Could have been. 27, 28, dating a 15-year-old. Um, so she ends up being a frequent visitor, and she, you know, helps take care of Charmaine and Anna, Anna Marie, and, um, whom she said were very neglected. Oh, she's actually, Anna Marie's older than her, sorry, she's <laughs> not. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not quite, but um, she said the girls were very neglected, and so she treated them with care and affection. On several days, um, and on several occasions in the early days of their courtship, um, Rose insisted that she and Fred take the girls on excursions, and they'd gather wildflowers together. That's sweet. So Rose was literally like exactly what these girls needed, even though. <laughs> Anyways, within her first uh, meeting of Fred. Um, Rose ends up leaving her job at the bread shop to become a full-time nanny to Charmaine and Anna Marie. And um, Fred said he would provide her, you know, enough money to give to her parents on Fridays to convince them she still had a job at the bread shop. So several months later, Rose introduces Fred to her family, who they were all, like, pretty grossed out and, like, surprised at the choice of who she was dating. Mm. Rose's mom, her name is Daisy, too. That's um, Rose and Daisy, mm -hmm. all the flowers and Violet. 
um, was unimpressed and um, correctly concluded that he was a pathological liar. So mom, mom ain't raised no fool. Like, mm-hmm. Daisy's like, mm, not a fan. But um, Rose's dad was Bill, and he was a diagnosed schizophrenic who believe, oh who was believed to have molested his daughter, <coughs> did not approve of this relationship, threatening Fred directly and promising to call social services if he continued to date his daughter. He was probably in his sick, twisted mind. If he did, in fact, molest her, he's like, you're taking what I want. <laughs> yes. This is a fucking story, y'all. So... Their relationship gets kind of rocky, but, um, because they wrote, like, uh, Rose and Fred. Okay. But she defies the, her parents and says, fuck that, I'm going to be with this older man because he gives me all the attention that I want. Yeah. Um. And uh, being, like, 15, she doesn't know that he's not really good in yeah. bed anyway, so, because all those other ladies remember in yeah. the beginning saying exactly. that he <laughs> ain't nothing to write home about. Nope. So, so um, uh, her parents end up. Visiting with, oh my god, Gloucestershire. <laughs> I really hope, I'm so sorry. It's fun. Tell me you're American without telling me you're American. Okay. <laughs> Social services to explain that the 15-year-old daughter was dating an older man and that they had heard rumors that she began to engage in prostitution at his caravan. In response, Rose was placed in a home for troubled teens in Cheltenham in August of 1969 was only allowed to leave under controlled conditions. When allowed to return home to visit her parents on the weekends, she would obviously look for the opportunity to see good old Fred. On her 16th birthday, she leaves home, the home for the troubled teens to return to her parents. Um, Fred at the time was serving a 30-day sentence for theft and unpaid fines. I don't know where Charmaine and Anna Marie are. Um, Probably in that oh, social services, yeah, it says right here. That he does. Um, so he gets them from social services after he gets out. God, he's using them as babysitters? That's so fucking weird. I mean, I understand this is a jail thing, but like... Social, and the fact that social services is like, okay, you okay, can have sure. him back now. That's... Ugh. And I'm like, ugh. So, um, yeah, he collects, um, gets the girls, and then he makes one final effort, or, um, Bill, um... Rose's dad tries to, you know, keep them separate because she's home now and now he's out of jail. Um, she was exi- Rose ends up getting examined by a police surgeon in February of 1970 when she can when confirmed she was pregnant. So here's his baby that he wanted. Um, so she was placed into care but was distru- discharged on March 6th with the understanding she would terminate her pregnancy and return to her family. Instead, she chooses to live with Fred. And then his father, or her, her dad ends up forbidding his daughter from ever again setting foot in his household. So he finally just said, bye. Mm. So, yeah. That's, that'd be a hard decision to make. Granted, I mean, I don't know what's worse. Getting molested by your dad or going and being with this creepy old man. Um, um, yep. Honestly, what's worse? Being yeah. molested by your dad. I mean, I don't know how this story ends up, but like... I yeah. can't even imagine. Well, it's gonna get I understand that, but think about your relationship with your father. Like that is that is that's supposed to be somebody you trust, and like, yeah. that is who's supposed to love and take care of you. And like, granted, so is a person, so is a lover in general. But, yeah, but like the, it's your just, daddy, like everything's ugh. gonna get crazy. I know, uh, 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 I know. So, <laughs> so they end up leaving and relocating to a different place on Midland Road in Gloucester. On October 17, 1970, Rose gives birth to their first child, a daughter. This dude only produces wow. daughters. And her he name is Heather voice. Ann. Um, speculation, speculation remains that Heather may have been sired by Rose's own father. So they're not really even sure if Fred was oh a real dad or not, or if it was Fred. So, oh my gosh. So this is, um, yep, yeah, uh, it's great. Um, so Fred, two months later, Fred's in prison for theft of car tires and a vehicle <laughs> tax disc. Um, he remains in prison for an, until June 24th, 1971. So that's shit. That's sorry like, guys. That was the kids again. That was, that's eight months or six, six and a half months. Sorry. It says right here. Rose having just turned 17, looked after all three girls with Charmaine and Anna Marie. Well, Hey, just there. So now we're um, back on track. Hey. <laughs> hey guys. Um, hey, hey hello. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Um, so, we were talking about how he was imprisoned, and... And we're back after we had to pause again. I'm so sorry, guys. Um, talking about... Shh, quiet. 
And um, we were talking about Fred and how he was in prison for stealing cars, uh, car tires, and a vehicle tax disc. And um, he was there for six and a half months. I have a hair in my mouth now. This has been quite the podcast tonight. Um, Rose ended up taking care of the three girls, and she had just recently turned 17, and she was telling all three girls to call her mom, even though she was, she had her daughter, Heather, and then Charmaine and Anna Marie. So, according to Anna Marie, she and Charmaine were frequently subjected to criticism, beating, and other forms of punishment while they were under Rose's care, um, while their dad was locked up. Um, Anna Marie was... And how old are they? Do we know? Um, I know Charmaine was... Um, my notes have gotten all out of whack. Yeah, there's been a lot of crazy having-to-be-mom moments. I mean, not that... So that sounded kind of weird, but, like, some crazy kid moments, uh, during this podcast that we had to handle. So thank goodness for that pause button. Yeah, really. Um, <laughs> literal bloodshed. Yes. Um, so uh, they had a daughter. Okay, so Anna Maria was born in 1964. So this is 1971. So she would be seven, give or take. And then Charmaine is a couple years older than her because she was Nine born um, in 1963. So she's only Ooh. a year older than her. So... Nine? Nine. Or, or, eight and nine. Yeah. Seven, eight, eight, nine. Okay. Okay. Somewhere. Between seven and nine years old. Okay. Um, so, Anna Marie uh, was said to be generally submissive and prone to display emotion in response to the physical and mental hardship oh, she and her sister... Again. Quiet. Her sister endured. Okay, Arlo. Shh. Quiet. Go ahead and get a different game, Bubba. That's fine. Yes, that's fine. Um, Charmaine repeatedly and... Inf- Repeatedly infuri- yeah, infuriated Rose by her stoic refusal to either cry or display any sign of grief or mm. any... She just wouldn't react to the um, abuse when she was physically punished. Um, despite the years of neglect and abuse, um, Charmaine's spirit was not broken. She talked wistfully to Anna Marie on, on the belief that she that her mommy will come and save me. Her real mom. Uh. Um, Anna Marie... Later recollected that her sister repeatedly antagonized Rose by making same statements such as, my real mom wouldn't swear or shout at us, in response to Rose's nasty language towards her. Um, a childhood friend of Charmaine's, her name's Tracy Giles, who had lived in the upper flat of Midland Road. Flats. I love flats. I don't know. <laughs> I love that. But anyways, would later re- um, talk about an incident in which she entered the West house unannounced only to see Charmaine naked and standing upon a chair gagged with her hands be- bound behind her back with a belt as Rose stood along the child with a large wooden spoon in her hand. According to Tracy, Charmaine had been calm and unconcerned while Anna Marie had been standing by the door with a blank expression on her face. So, um... There was hospital records that reveal Charmaine had received treatment for a severe puncture wound to her left ankle. Oh my gosh. Um, when she was at the Gloucester Royal Hospital. That was dated March 28, 1971. And the incident was explained by, to, um, explained by Rose that it was just an accident that happened in the house. Mm-hmm. So, we're going to um, move on to June 24, 1971. Right before Fred was supposed to be released from prison, it is said that Rose ends up killing Charmaine. Oh my gosh. Yep. No. Um, she took Charmaine, Anna Marie, and Heather to visit Fred on June 15th, and it is believed on or very shortly after this date that Charmaine was murdered, as <clears throat> as well as forensic odontology? Ad- odontology? Yep. Odontology. Confirmation that Charmaine had died while Fred was still incarcerated. Further testimony from um, Tracy Giles' mom, Shirley, corroborated the fact that Charmaine had been murdered before Fred was released on June 24th. In her later testimony at Rose's trial, Shirley Giles stated she and her family had lived in the upper flat on 25 Midland Road in 1971 and that her two daughters had been playmates playmates with Charmaine and Anna Marie. Shirley stated that her family had vacated the upper flat of Midland Road in April of 1971. Um, One day, she brought Tracy to visit Charmaine, only for Tracy to be told by Rose she's gone to live with her mother mother in bloody good riddance. Before Tracy began to weep, 
Giles was adamant Fred was still in prison on this occasion. So as with the Giles family, quiet. Rose explained Charmaine's disappearance to others who inquired about her whereabouts by claiming that Renee had called and taken her eldest daughter to live with her in Bristol. She informed staff at Charmaine's primary school that the child had moved with her mother to London. So when Fries, Fries, when Fred was released from prison on June 24th, he um, allayed sure, Anna Marie's concerns for her sister's whereabouts by claiming her mother had collected Charmaine and returned to Scotland. So, um, Anna ended up writing an autobiography later on, it's called Out of the Shadows, and she recollected that when she asked why her mother had collected Charmaine but not her, Fred callously replied, she wouldn't want you, love, you're the wrong color. Oh boy. Arlo, come on, boogie. Yeah, you gotta stop, dude. What are you doing? Oh, this is oh my god. And back on. Charmaine's body was initially stowed in the coal cellar of Midland Road until Fred was released from prison. He what? later buried yeah. He later buried her naked body in the yard close to the back door of their flat and remained adamant he had not dismembered her. Quiet. So he just oh yeah. my gosh. So he just gets out of jail and like, oh, she's dead? Okay, I'll okay, just fine. Well Quiet. Please no stop. Just stop. <laughs> A subsequent autopsy suggested the body had been <laughs> severed at the hip. This damage may have been caused by... Stop. I'm sorry, I'm not laughing at the story. I'm laughing at Arlo because he's so quiet when it's on pause. And then when he knows we're recording... Talk about <laughs> okay. Sorry about that. Um, okay, I got a little lost. So he comes out, buries her body. Um, it shows that it had been severed at the hip. This damage may have been caused by building work Fred conducted at the property in 1976. Several bones, including um, her finger, wrist, toe, and ankle bones, were missing from her skeleton, leading to the speculation the missing parts had been retained as keepsakes. Which, I mean, is similar to right. um, this proved to be a distinctive discovery in all the autopsies of the victims that are exhumed in 1994. So, yeah. So, you know, um, Raina ends up, uh, she, you know, had sporadic contact with her kids on each occasion she and Fred separated. She was also known to visit Moorcourt Cottage to inquire as, you know, about her kids' whereabouts and welfare and how they were doing in late August, um, 1971. Fred's sister-in-law, Christine, later recollected that Raina was super depressed. No. Okay. Okay, you need to just not leave the. You need to not mess with the band-aid, Arlo. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just not going to wear one, bug. No, I just throw one off. Okay. Okay. And it. Um. Okay. So, uh, her sister said that Raina was super depressed and extremely anxious about her kids' welfare. Being provided with Fred's um, address, she sought to confront him, likely to discuss and demand custody of her daughters. And this was the final time she was seen alive. Oh, so she is believed to have been murdered by strangulation, possibly in the backseat of Fred's car, and likely that um, they had been intoxicated. When her body was discovered, a short length of metal tubing was found with her remains, uh, leaving an equal possibility that she had been restrained and subjected to sexual assault prior to her murder. Oh, pause for the pause. Sorry. I Okay, so... I just... If he was in jail... Mm -hmm. For theft. Right. Yeah. I wonder if there was a visit... And I again, I don't know this story, so I don't know if you know this or not. But, um, And he told his, his now wife, the fucking 17-year-old or whatever... Yeah, Rose. How to kill... Um, Charmaine. Charmaine. Well, she's the one who killed her. I, I know. Yeah. I'm wondering if he told her how to do it oh or yeah. or if it was just hey we just happened to be both murderers and we married each other yay but yeah okay sorry that's my thoughts continue so um okay talked about her sexual assault prior to her murder her body was extensively dismembered placed into plastic bags and buried close to a cluster of trees known as the yew tree coppice at letterbox field about a mile from their house near much markle so, um, you know, in the midst of all these deaths and disappearances and all this stuff, uh, Fred and Rosemary are like, let's get married. Mm -hmm. So they do that. On January 29th, 1972, 
Um, this, the, it took place at Gloucester Register Office. So I'm assuming that's kind of similar to like maybe a courthouse kind of thing. So is she 18 at this point where she doesn't need to be consent from her I, parents? I'm or? assuming that's what that <coughs> means. Because it's, what was it? She was 17. She had turned 17 in 1971. So yeah, 1972. So she's probably 18 by now. Okay. Um, um, so they're at this, uh, courthouse type setting. Fred incorrectly, incorrectly describes himself as a bachelor upon the marriage certificate. Cause I don't know if he ever got like actually divorced from Renee, but, oh. but now that I don't know if she, nobody knew she was missing or that she's been killed. I don't know when her body was discovered. Or if it was pretty quick afterwards. Right, because he can't claim himself to be a widow if nobody knows where the body and he murdered her. Yep. Because, yeah, suspicion. Yep. Suspicion. So no family or friends are invited except for his brother, John. Fucking John. I know. He's just always just there. <laughs> and on his side. Yeah. Ew. Who acted as the best man. Um, so they several months goes by and Rose ends up pregnant with another one of their kids. So now they're going to have three. So Because since Charmaine is gone and supposedly living with Renee so right. this mm. story corroborates if they're missing no one's gonna know the difference <laughs> I hate everything about this okay so the couple moves from Midland Road to an address nearby and initially they have a really nice a decent house they end up purchasing property um there were many floors which were converted into bed sits which um I guess like they would rent the rooms out kind of thing okay. To maintain a degree of privacy for his own family, Fred installed a cooker in a wash basin on the first floor landing in order that the lodgers need not to enter on the ground floor where they lived, only that he and his family were permitted access to the garden of the property. And on June 1st, Rose gave birth to a second daughter. Apparently this dude's sperm is all female. Um, the date of her birth led Fred and Rose to name the child May June. Okay. And May is spelled M-A-E. Oh, that's okay. That's my mom's middle name. May. That's my friend Maggie May. Spelled the same way. M-A-E. M-A-E. Mm-hmm. Shortly after giving birth to her second child, Rose began, you know, working as a prostitute, operating from an upstairs room at their residence, advertising her services in a local magazine. Advertising her cervix. Sorry. Cervixes. <laughs> Fred encouraged Rose to seek clients. And I hate these two. I hate them. I'm They're sorry. awful together. Just... Um, Rose would get clients um, from the West Indian community and yeah, the West Indian community through these advertisements. In addition to prostitution, she would just have casual sex with both male and female lodgers within their household. You Um, left the V out because that's all she's doing is spreading it. Sorry, (laughs) advertisements. Advertisements. I'm fine. This whole night has just been a catastrophe. (laughs) The story's only going to get crazier. Um, So she also bragged to several people that no man or woman could completely satisfy her. When engaging in his sexual relations with women, she would increase the level of brutality to which she subjected her partner. Um, um, She would have them, she would suffocate them. Or insert increasingly large dildos into their bodies. If the woman resisted or expressed any fear or pain, this would really excite her, mm. who she then would typically ask, aren't women enough to take it? What a oh my dark gosh. fucking being. Oh. And they found each other. She's literally a child. Like, her brain is still being molded. She's you know, 18. And who did, what did her dad do? It made me think, Babel Time, for a moment. <clears throat> The yeah. way she, what she did to Charmaine on the chair, naked yeah. and gagged, it made yeah. me wonder if that was something her dad. Her dad, because she had was, done. it was said her schizophrenic dad, you know, sexually you know, assaulted like, her. Knowing how, because Charmaine wouldn't react, right? If that was a thing, like, oh, I'll get you, because here's some. Oh my, me, oh my. Yep. Okay. Um. So to many of these women, it became apparent Rose and her husband who they would, you know, have threesomes pretty regularly, took a particular pleasure pleasure from seeking to take women beyond their sexual limits, mm. um, including bondage. Um, they would openly, the West openly admitted to taking a particular pleasure from any form of sex involving a strong measure of dominance, pain, and violence. And in cater these fe- fetish- 
fetishes. Oh my god, I'm leaving. Bye. A large collection of bondage and restraining devices were purchased, magazines and photographs, later expanding this collection into to including video. Ugh. Trigger warning. Trigger, 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 as if this isn't a whole trigger warning episode. Mm. Videos depicting bestiality and graphic child sexual abuse. Okay. Let's say this is the end of episode one. Um, yeah, okay. we could we could stop there, and we've got a lot to go, okay. so we could maybe end up having three parts to okay. this. So we're gonna stop there. <laughs> <laughs> Hope yep. everybody can. Um, there's gonna be a lot of editing done on this one, so mm. so um, quiet. Um, <laughs> people are going to be like, she tells her kid to be quiet too much. They're like, I just want to be quiet. No, he's fine, guys. This he's boy is spoiled. No worries. Yeah, he's literally <laughs> chilling on my phone right now. But, um, he's just, poor, poor kid. Um, oh gosh, I can't even think right now. Okay, so Between that's all, it. That's the episode, guys. We love you, and until um, next time, yeah, Babylon. Babylon. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's it. Nancy. <laughs> Fantasy and World Music by the Fighters. You know where to find us on social media. Uh, rate and review. That's been something we haven't said a whole lot about. And rating and reviewing is absolutely necessary. We yes, need it please. to help us move up in charts. Yes, um, please. So, yes. Um, yeah. Now, uh, yeah, until uh, next time, guys. Part Bamboo two. Bye. Bye.